You are listening to the Reality Steve podcast with your host, Reality Steve. He's got all the latest info and behind the scenes juice on Colton's upcoming season of The Bachelor and interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. Now, here's Reality Steve. Welcome, everybody, to podcast number 99. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Got a good show for you this week. Somebody that uh, made a name, quite a name for himself on Becca's season of The Bachelorette as he entered the first night in a chicken suit and then went on Bachelor in Paradise and had a little triangle with Jordan and Jenna, which is certainly interesting, to say the least. So we'll hear from David Ravitz coming up in a second. A couple things I want to get to. First off, this podcast is sponsored by the New Mexico Tourism. It's time to experience New Mexico. You know, remember when Chris Soul's season went to New Mexico and all the cool stuff they did with the hot air balloon rides, kind of meandering around downtown? Soak up the unique beauty and rich cultural diversity with influences from native tribes, the Wild Breast, and even Georgia O'Keeffe. Marvel at New Mexico's breathtaking landscapes from ski areas to white sands and natural hot springs. Check out one of their funky small towns like Pie Town or stop in Albuquerque as you road trip down Route 66. Enjoy starry night skies, delicious cuisine, and unique architecture you won't find anywhere else. Learn more and plan your next trip at newmexico.org slash Steve. New Mexico, true. Also want to talk to you about Beholden. Hey, brides and wedding guests, looking for an outfit that dazzles? Beholden offers a gorgeous collection of wedding gowns and dresses for special occasions. Shop from the comfort of your couch and your purchase will arrive at your doorstep in a matter of days. For a limited time only, use code LOVE at checkout for free shipping on your purchase at bhldn.com. That's bhldn.com. As I said, this is podcast number 99, so that means next week is 100. Don't have anything major planned. Just going to be a regular podcast, however it is with a guest, hopefully. Haven't gotten them 100% confirmed yet, but hopefully I will. Uh, that uh, is going to be interesting. Someone from the past of this franchise, but was uh, a pretty fairly big name years ago. So uh, keep that in mind. Hopefully, and I hope I'm not jinxing it by saying that, but hopefully we can get her on the show. Also, if you want to be part of the He Said, She Said podcast with myself and Ashley Spivey, by all means, Email me, email Ashley, let us know what time zone you're in, let us know the best times you can record, and we will try and make that happen. Usually we're pretty good on times, Ashley is very flexible, I'm very flexible being able to record uh, phone calls for that. You heard episode 7 was released this past Tuesday, I hope you enjoyed that, that was very fun to do, and the callers were great, had a good story about the Taylor Swift concert this past weekend that I went to, and yeah, all that, and that was all good fun. Also, please rate, subscribe, and review an Apple podcast. I know you think I, I say this every single podcast, but trust me, it helps. And uh, I appreciate all those who have subscribed and do listen on, on a weekly basis. Also, Nell Coulter's Are You the One recaps are up every Thursday. I released one earlier this morning. No more Floribama Shore. Season two now over. She did her 14 recaps. And I don't think they're returning until the beginning of 2019. So there's that. Anyway, just wanted to uh, give you a heads up on that. On Tuesday, you saw my post filming um, 
after my post, I was able to confirm that the filming for episode five is in Thailand right now with Colton and the women. And I'll be updating you on stuff as we go out, go on throughout the season. But like I always say, international is hit or miss. Sometimes you just know, uh, sometimes I get lucky. Uh, like I did, you know, at the end of last week, Friday's group date with 13 women, you know, some American tourists happened to be there and saw it and decided to email me the pictures of what happened. So that was good. But there's no guarantee that when they're in Thailand, anyone's going to see them or whatnot. So we'll have to just uh, possibly keep an eye out for that. There's no ever, ever any guarantee. What I can guarantee is anytime they do film an episode in the States, that's almost impossible for them to hide because too many people recognize them. And I do believe, not 100% confirmed, but I'm pretty sure they're coming back to the States for episode seven, which is the episode before Hometowns. So I would expect six women to to still be left for that. So... And if and if I'm guessing they're gonna if they are gonna do that, it's probably gonna be in Colorado because that's where they've done it for four of the last five seasons. They've gone to a the hometown of the person uh, of the lead, and that's where Colton's family would be. So keep an eye out for that. But let's get to it. Podcast number ninety nine. No waiting any longer for this one. Here he is. It's David Ravitz. All right, time for our guest. You saw him on Becca's season, arriving night one in a chicken suit. Then you saw him appear on this past season of Paradise as the, I don't know, nemesis of Jordan. It's David Ravitz. David, how are you doing? Thanks for coming on. Hey, how's it going, Steve? Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. You got it. Let's uh, let's let's just jump right into this. Um, well, first off, before we get to the costume, when we, get, when we talk about getting on this show, uh, how did it happen for you? Were you a fan of this show? Did you watch Ari's season? How did you get cast? And it kind of explain exactly basically how you got on the show or what, what interested you to be on the show in the first place? Yeah. So the show was completely off my radar screen. Um, my growing up, my sister had watched it, you know, my mom had watched it and it was completely off my radar screen. When one day I got a phone call from a casting producer saying, Hey, we got a nomination for you. Uh, would love for you to fill out the application, send us some pictures. And it was so far off my radar screen. I was like, who what bachelor who could have done this? And it actually ended up being one of my buddies who nominated me sort of kind of in jest as a joke. And I said, whatever it's great opportunity kind of cool thing to do um you know i haven't had great success in the dating world as it is let's give it a shot mm. and um so i filled out all the applications um i ended up actually i was out in la for uh the rose bowl i went to the university of georgia and we were in the rose bowl last year so i was out there for that and i went into the abc uh casting studios and interviewed with the casting people uh, a few weeks later, they brought me out for the finals weekend, and one thing turned into another, and I found myself walking into the uh, walking into the mansion in a chicken suit. But uh, yeah, it was uh, it, you know like, it was a pretty rigorous process, um, but really came out of nowhere for me. Um, it kind of just popped out of nowhere. Yeah, um, the chicken suit. <laughs> okay, whose idea was this, and and what and. I, I don't know. It's just like, why? What was it? Be- now, now I think about it and it's like, was it because obviously when you came out of the limo and you were in the chicken suit, you were, you know, clucking her name. So was, did it have to do because her name was Becca? Like if her name was Jill, would you have done it? That's it. 
there was it only had to do with her name. Okay. It had nothing to do with like me being a chicken or like Becca being a chicken. All it had to do with was her name was Becca or is Becca yeah. and it was Becca. And that was <laughs> it. Um I, I just wanted to do something fun, something to stand out and you know, look, I know it's a super stressful night for Becca. I knew it was a stressful night for all the guys and anything I could do to take some of that stress out of the equation. That's what I wanted to do. And I had some fun with it and we kind of ran with it and uh, I ran with it and the whole Becca Baca thing that was, it was fun. I had a really good time with it. It was a ton of fun. And I know Becca had fun with it um, because I saw her face as soon as I got out of the limo she started laughing and that's exactly what I wanted. And it worked out. It was fun. Okay. So it, it was more surrounded of her name. Like I said, if her name was Jill, you yeah. would have done <laughs> No, I would have had to come up with another animal. Oh, yeah, another animal. <laughs> uh, let's see. Who? Uh, I don't want to think about this. Okay. What was the, so what was the guy's reaction, honestly, when you were walking around in that chicken suit the whole first night? I mean, obviously, some guys yeah. had an issue with it, but were some guys privately coming up to you and, like, saying, hey, pretty funny or great game? Yeah. Or were it, all of them just like, this is so stupid? Yeah, no, so it's kind of interesting. When I first walked in, I immediately like got the feeling from the guys like, what is this dude wearing a chicken suit for? Like he's peacocking as a chicken. And then like as the night progressed and I got to know the other guys, they ended up saying like, hey, the chicken's actually like somewhat of a decent guy. He's like a cool dude. So like eventually it turned into, um, you know, me being you know, one of the guys, part of the crew. Um, but at first it was definitely like, uh, Oh, of course, like this guy showing up trying to show off. Yeah. Um, and then, and then it, and then the, uh, you know, the attitude kind of changed and, um, I kind of just blended in, uh, or blended in as best I could, I guess, but it was fun. Uh, and I think the rest of the guys kind of had fun with it. They were making fun of the chicken suit and I was fine being made fun of. Like that was exactly the purpose of it to just take some of the stress out of the air, the nervous energy, like get rid of the nervous energy. Let's have some fun with the night. Let's make it a cool night. And, uh, kind of, I think mission accomplished. I think a lot of the guys had a good time with it and, you know, they came up to me saying, you know, that was awesome so glad you wore that suit and um i think you know people will like it the audience will like it but more than anything we liked it and we had fun with it and more than anything becca liked it well who did who did you bond with the first night on uh, with the guys obviously you made friends as the show went on and then down in paradise but like right right away do you remember who you connected with on the first night yeah so i i had actually known blake from denver um, so if you look closely back at the first episode, I walk into the house and I make this beeline for this guy wearing a red, red suit and it's Blake. Cause it's cause I knew him from Denver. Um, we had worked out a few times together in Denver and I knew he was a good dude. And so, you know, me and him clicked immediately from, uh, you know, from night one, um, we'd had some fun together and got to know each other. And then from there, honestly, it's hard to look back and say like, oh yeah, this cool, this dude was a great guy from night one, really liked him just because you're meeting so many different people doing so many different things. And honestly, it's just super late. Um, you know, the first night we're going till nine thirty, ten o'clock in the morning. Uh, we're all tired. Everyone's beat. Um, and it's really just tough to really get to know each other with the kind of superficial conversations really we start getting to know each other the next day when we move into the house and uh and you know 
as soon as we start moving in, that's really when we all start getting to know each other. But that first night, it's really like a ten, really tense night. All of us are kind of just like, it's like a weird situation. It's one of those things that's really hard to describe, but it's one of those cool things in life that I'll uh, really never get to experience again moving yeah. into the bachelor house. Yeah, no, no joke. I mean, it's that's funny that you say you knew Blake. I, I, I'm trying to think now. Now that you said it, I want to say that. I knew that, or I was told that, or I heard that. I can't remember, but yeah. I can't remember if I ever ran with it. Um, but I was yeah, just, we had uh, known each other for a little bit there, and uh, did yeah. You, now, did you know he was going on the show, or? Uh, so I'd been told by a couple of different people that he was going on, but oh, okay. we never directly talked about it until I saw him on um, the, after the final rose when he came in on the horse, and then I was like, oh, I know Blake. Oh, that's right. He would you would have known that he was going to be on yeah, the show earlier and, because that was a week before filming. Started. Yeah, and then the the week before we kind of avoided each other just because we didn't want it to be awkward, didn't really want to talk about it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we kind of avoided each other that next week. But then when I walked into the house, we you know made eye contact. I was like, oh yeah, we know each other. So they so they showed you guys uh, the first night in the cocktail party, and you have the chicken suit, and and obviously the one guy that they showed had an issue with it and constantly making fun of you for it was jordan like do you think he was i mean i don't know was he seriously bothered by the suit and i don't know i can never get you know i now that i've gotten to know jordan a little bit more because of everything that we've been going through (laughs) jordan is is you know i was very anti-jordan when the show was airing because i was like there's no way that this is legit but i've talked to this guy numerous times now and just the things that he says when he's talking to me on the phone, it's exactly the way he is on the show. Like I know. I he's know. not it's, this it's character that I thought he was. I, no, it's all real. And it, it took total paradise to like actually see that side of you know, to, to see that, to see that everything he says is real. And when we're on the Bachelorette, um, you know, part of uh part of me not getting to see kind of that side of him was it was kind of sheltered um he kind of isolated himself from the rest of the guys when we'd be eating dinner he'd be eating by himself and we really never got to see those one-line zingers that he would throw around in the interviews we never got to see see those but we were in paradise yeah when we can get there but we actually saw those so as far as the chicken suit goes like i don't know i i I didn't think he had a problem with it the first night i mean he was wearing a fire gray suit but um I, i don't know uh that's right, because most of the stuff he was saying about your suit was in his <laughs> ITMs. Like, so yeah, you wouldn't right, have known it. Exactly. We, I never it. really so knew. Weird. Yeah, we, we don't really know, and that's kind of one of those interesting things, uh, interesting dynamics of the whole thing. We never really know how people actually feel about different things, and unless they say it out front or say it to someone else or say it to someone's face. If they're talking to the ITMs, that's not until we're not going to see those, you know, notions until afterwards. And uh, especially as it relates to Paradise, you know, we didn't watch the episodes until after Paradise. Yeah. Um, so we really didn't get to see how everything unfolded until we had done Paradise, um, which is definitely an interesting dynamic, to say the least. Oh, yeah. And, and it, you know, the same goes, you know, I've had people on that have been leads on this show in the past. And it's the same thing with them that they deal with while the show is airing, like, how can you keep so and so around? And they're right. just like, look, I'm 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 not told what they're saying or doing in the house. I don't know that they're what they're saying in ITMs and how they're acting. And it it's it certainly is a weird dynamic uh, because what is happening 
on the screen for the viewers to see is not necessarily what everyone in the house is seeing and usually not what they're seeing. It's never the case. And it's just such a weird, it's just a weird thing. So let's get to the dates. Um, you were on the first group date of the season. That was the tuxedo obstacle course, right? That was yes. the one. So um, that was the time where like Lincoln kind of came to the forefront because it, he was the winner of that obstacle course. And then him and Connor had their little blow up at the end of the date at the cocktail party where Connor threw the picture in the, Yep. What what was your take on that whole thing, and what was your vibe on Lincoln from the time you got in the mansion? Yeah, so I, I my vibe on Lincoln was like I actually thought he was a good dude. Um, I was close. Like Lincoln was night one. Lincoln was you know the kind of guy where I was like he's actually a good dude. I like Lincoln. Like he's actually has some insightful things to say. And then kind of as the first night progressed and then into the second day, I was like, this guy just talks a lot. He talks a lot. talks in circles. Uh, a little weird. Uh, says some weird things. Maybe I was a little off on my first impression of him. Um, and then come the group date, uh, that's kind of when things came to, uh, came to the forefront and where really got to see, uh, you know, kind of the drama that he kind of caused and, you know, the whole picture thing, he was putting the picture up in front of everyone. We were all just like, come on, man. Like, honestly, this is ridiculous. None of us care about your picture with Becca. Like, just let us sit. It's cold. We were super cold outside that week in the two weeks we were out in LA. It was freezing. It it was like 45 degrees. We were all freezing. If you look back on it, we were wearing winter coats sitting by the fireplace and Lincoln's just out there putting this picture out. And we're just like, come on, bro. Like, enough is enough. And eventually, like, just things came to a head. And Connor comes out, takes the picture, tosses it, throws it into the pool. We all hear it smash. And we're like, oh, here comes the drama. Like, this was the first bit of drama that we really got to experience. Yeah. And um, I was just sitting there like, come on, this is ridiculous. What are we doing here? Um, but, yeah, it was uh, <laughs> it was ridiculous. And... I just remember that night being freezing cold and just ridiculousness in general. But the, the only guy uh, I've talked yeah. to so far from your season, uh, I, I that was on the podcast was Mike Renner, sure. and he just said that from the get go, he got a bad vibe from Lincoln because apparently Lincoln would tell him the same story three different yeah. times. He forgot his name. I, I just kept repeating <laughs> stuff, and and Mike said, yeah. "Yeah, he goes, this guy was, yeah, he rubbed he rubbed Mike." wrong from the second he walked in um, yeah i mean like he, he had made a good like he had made a decent first impression on me like i i liked him off the jump um but then as i like started talking to him like two three four times it's like you're saying the same thing bro let's move on to something else stop talking in circles um but the whole accent thing plays and um i, I don't know so yeah. Link, lincoln's a character and oh, sure. uh, i obviously don't condone anything that he's done and finding that out after the show and all that yeah uh, you can't condone any of that so looking back on it uh you know do you it's know, not the not the greatest thing in the world do you know any of the guys that have kept in touch with him or have heard from him since literally filming ended because obviously we know yeah. he didn't show up to men tell all because they didn't want him there there was nothing right. to say to him but has anybody like ever reached out to him that you know of? not that i know of no okay. not that i know of i think that uh i don't think anything any, i don't think anyone wants to 
you know, be affiliated with him at this point. I certainly wouldn't want yeah. to be affiliated with someone that, uh, you know, kind of represents that value system and has that, uh, you know, has that going on for them. That's not what I represent, not who I am. Let's take a break real quick, talk to you about Oh So Good Bones. By now, you've likely heard that many health benefits of bone broth, it has been known to boost immunity, improve digestion, reduce inflammation, and give people youthful-looking skin due to the rich collagen content. But many bone broths fell flat in terms of flavor. Oh So Good, on the other hand, makes ridiculously good, sippable bone broths and paleo soups. Made using only the highest quality ingredients, like grass-fed and finished beef and organic veggies, they offer more than 10 different bone broths from classics like beef and chicken to Chinese herb-infused options. And they even have three dairy-free, gluten-free bone broth-based soups. Say that five times fast. All of which ship conveniently to your door and can be stored in your freezer. Just heat them up and enjoy them whenever you want. As we transition into cooler weather and comfort food season, count on these bone broths and soups to help you feel nourished, not just full. I've had a few myself that they have sent me. They are excellent, and it is starting to get a little colder here in Texas. In fact, it's been raining the last couple days. Just sit back and you sip on bone broth, and uh, it's warm. It makes me warm, and they're very tasteful. So there you go. Visit www.osogoodbones.com slash Steve and use the promo code Steve for $15 off your first purchase. That's www.osogoodbones.com. Oh, so good bones, O S S O G O O D B O N E S dot com slash Steve. Also, want to talk to you about Paribus. Stop deleting your emails. You heard me. Mass deleting your junk mail could be costing you money. Are you intrigued? The secret weapon here at Reality Steve Podcast headquarters is Paribus, a tool that gets you your money back. It's 100% free to sign up. Customers keep 100% of the savings, no hidden fees and nothing your mother would frown at. Once you sign up, Paribus is going to scan your emails for receipts, finding refunds that you're owed from online stores, making it easy for you to save some money. If it discovers you bought something online from one of the retailers it monitors, it will track the item's price and help you get a refund when the price drops. Paribus monitors online stores like Target, Gap, Old Navy, Nordstrom, Best Buy, and many, many more. Sound too good to be true? Well, there's more. If your guaranteed shipment from select online retailers shows up late, yes, even the two-day ones, Paribus will help you get compensated. Head to Paribus.com to sign up. That's GetParibus, P-A-R-I-B-U-S.com. That's GetParibus.com to sign up. Sign up now. Now, let's get back to David Ravitz, uninterrupted for the remainder of the podcast. Now, I'm trying to remember exactly when your injury happened. Was it in that second yeah. episode? It was before... The third, uh, the, the second so, row ceremony yeah. was the one you didn't go to, right? Because of the injury. No, so it was the, um, it was the third row ceremony that oh, I okay. didn't go to. So it was episode, what would be, I guess, episode three or yeah. maybe episode two going into episode three. So the end of episode two. So you right? didn't, so which, which rose ceremony weren't you at? I wasn't there for the last one in L.A., so... So that would have been after... So you were never on the Manny Petty date or the football date? I was on the Manny Petty date. Okay, so but oh, so you had come back... So you'd already been back... Or you... 
Wait, hold on a second. So I was on the Manny Petty date, and then the night after was when I fell out of the okay. bed. Okay. And then two days later, I came back. Gotcha. And that was the rose ceremony that time. So I guess, was it the second rose ceremony? Third, no, that, that would have been third, you know, including third. the first one. Yeah, so that it was third. the third one. Okay, yeah. so you were on the Manny Petty date. So let's talk about yes. that real quick. Um, That was where the audience was introduced to the Colton-Tia relationship. Yes. What had Colton said to anybody before that or did it not come up until after the fact and i remember mike renner saying that yeah he kind of addressed us as a group after they came back from that date and he just said if anybody had a question anybody has any questions come to my come just talk to me about it or whatever is that kind of how it went down like yeah that's exactly how it went down uh he had addressed a few of us individually uh and had kind of told us what was going on, especially kind of leading into the uh, spa date uh, or Matty Petty date, as you call it. Well, well was uh, he? Was he? But he didn't know that Tia was going to be there yet, did he? No, he had no idea. So looking at, and I, I had kind of known about it, um, but he looking at his face when he walked in. And looking at her face, that was a scene. Um, that was a scene right out of the movies. To be completely honest, they were, you know, they kind of just both had their, uh, you know, they both lost their stomachs a little bit, and we're just like, oh my god, what is? Are we serious? We're both here, and it was, you know, kind of funny. We just sat there, kind of laughed a little bit at it, um, but it was a great time for them to really hash it out and figure out what was going on. And uh, I think that night was a good time for him and Becca to really figure out, all right, let's move past that and let's focus on our relationship. So I think he was actually appreciative that, you know, Tia was there and they could hash it out and really figure out, uh, you know, a way to move forward, especially with Becca. I know Colorado obviously is a big state and, you know, Denver's a big city, Yes. And you knew Blake going in. Did you know who Colton was or did you know he was going to be on the show? Did no, you know anything I, about this guy going in or no? No, uh, I didn't know anything about uh, I didn't know anything about Colton. Uh, I didn't know him going into it. Didn't know him, uh, you know, obviously no now, but okay. um, yeah, didn't didn't know him before the show. So, okay. You you do that date and I mean everybody I guess the million dollar question after that was your injury and it was never really explained on the show. I mean, it was, and they said he fell off the bed or whatever, but what happened? Like you literally rolled out of, were you drunk or how did you fall out of a bed and fall on your face? How did you not stop yourself or brace yourself from landing directly (laughs) on your face? Oh man. So, you know, one of the things that I will, you know, I'll always give credit to ABC where it's due was, you know, they treated the injury really seriously. They took it seriously. It was serious. Um, and everyone says like, Oh my God, they upplayed it. Like they made it seem like it was a fight. They made it seem like you got beat up. And to which I'll always say like, no, I, that never happened. But like, to be completely honest, like they downplayed it. They downplayed the situation of anything. Um, so, you know, that night me and, uh, I was, I was up a little late that night, uh, just hanging out. Um, it was the night before the rose ceremony. Uh, it was two nights before the rose ceremony, if I remember correctly. And we were just hanging out. It wasn't drinking. Um, just, we were just chilling in the house and go to bed that night. And I, the next thing I remember was I was in the hospital. I turned uh, to one of the producers and I said, thank you so much for being here. 
Um, at that point, I must have recognized the fact that something was really wrong. I, you know, sub, you know subliminally, I knew that I was really injured. Um, but, you know, what had happened was I fell out of the bed. Uh, Blake was sleeping below me. Uh, Colton was in the room. Uh, John was in the room. And I fell out of the bed. Uh, um, you know, I just, I guess I'm not used to sleeping in bunk beds, rolled and hit my head directly on the floor. Um, so that, you know, that's probably a good, that's probably a good six or eight foot drop, right? Uh, yeah, at least eight to 10 for okay. sure. Eight to 10 feet. But don't, definitely. don't bunk beds have like rails on them? How did you not hit a rail? Like, how did you roll yeah. out? Or... <laughs> yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's. It was a, it was a tough one, just kind of <laughs> rolled out of the bed here, and so you know the next thing I realized is um, you know uh, there I, I see it when I'm watching it back, but you know they kind of they put me on the stretcher. Um, it, what I had heard was they as I was out for you know 90, 90 to one hundred and twenty seconds, whatever it was, and they asked me you know what year were you born. And, or what year is it? They asked me, and I said 1992. And everyone's like, "Oh my God, he lost his memory." I was like, "No, I'm just kidding. It's 2018." <laughs> and I was like, "I was born in 1992. I don't remember any of that." But uh, I guess I, I'm glad my sense of humor kind of stayed intact. Um, from there, you know, they took me to the hospital. I was in the ho- I was in the ICU for about 48 hours. Um, they were constantly giving me. Uh, uh, CAT scans, making sure um, my brain was okay. Uh, my brain was bleeding for that period of time. Um, so they were monitoring it, and it was a serious situation. As funny as it is to fall out of a bunk bed, um, it's not so serious, especially in this climate, You know, especially with the NFL, the CTE, uh, concussions being at the forefront of sports and whatnot. Um, you know, brain injuries are a serious thing nowadays. So, yeah. uh, yeah, uh, I was in the hospital for that period of time. And then, um, eventually as soon as my brain stopped bleeding, um, that's when I was like, all right, let's take a look at what's wrong with my face here. And my nose was broken. Uh, my face was all banged up. And, uh, you know, to me, that is such a minor deal. Um, uh, I knew that, you know, the superficial injuries would heal. I just wanted to make sure that my brain and any long-term injury be okay and uh they were and um you know with that said i am so appreciative that abc treated it you know with the utmost uh importance and severity they got me to the right doctors they got me to the right hospital and uh i'm super appreciative you know looking back on it had they not gotten me there i could you know i i could have been dead um you know could be severely injured with brain damage to this point but you know they got me to the right doctors and you know it was a super serious situation so i'm happy for that yeah and then you got to you show up in you met everybody a little bit later in park city right that's where you um no so i actually didn't so wait i I actually came to the cocktail i came to the rose ceremony and then left again. Yeah. So okay. yeah, exactly. Right. So I, I um, so I was actually staying in a hotel because um, I just I wasn't ready to you know get back into it at that point. But uh, staying in a hotel, like I, I you know made the decision like I'm feeling okay to you know, jump into the mansion for a couple minutes here. Um, so I went back into the mansion, go to the went to the rose ceremony, talked with uh, Becca for a second, talked with guys for a second. Uh, she gave me a rose that night, and uh, you know then I went back to the hotel, and then I traveled with the with everyone back to. Then I traveled with everyone to Park City. Okay, so we just didn't see you getting a rose at the rose ceremony. She just gave it to you. Uh, 
I don't know if they showed it or not. I, I think they showed it because uh, um, I was talking with her and she said, hold on one second. And then when we got a not rose. Not the actual rose ceremony part where everyone's No, I wasn't there. at the actual yeah, rose okay. ceremony. No, um, I there was no way that I could stay there for that long. I needed to go get rest. I was tired. I was beat. Um, I yeah. wasn't about to sit through an hour and a half, two hour, whatever it was, rose ceremony. I was super tired. Yeah. No. Okay. That makes sense. Now it's ref- now it's refreshing. My yeah. 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 On that. So, do, did you were you given the option to possibly like, hey, if you want to leave, you know, because of this injury and yeah, you're not feeling well. If you want to leave, we're 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 cool with that. And you just decided I want to stay in this thing. Yeah. You know. Look, I I, I was good with it. Um. You know, I I kind of liked what Becca and I had been building up until that point, and. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like, look, let's, let's give this thing a shot. Uh, let's, let me, uh, go chat with her for a little while. She called me and you know, Chris called me and, um, you know, I felt good about it and my, you know, uh, I, I was okay with it. I knew we weren't going out there and, you know, playing a physical sport or anything. Uh, we're just dating. So yeah, I was okay with it. And they get, they give me the option to, you know, head on out and have my family come, but I was good with it. I was ready to get back into it. Huh. Wow. That is kind of, it's kind of freaky. I mean, yeah. <laughs> crazy, ble- ble- crazy, when you, hear, right? when you hear bleeding on the brain, that's where it becomes serious, you know? Oh, exactly. And, and that was my whole thing. You know, when, when the di- it's funny, this is a kind of a side story, but I, uh, you know, I walk into the, ho- I, I woke up and I was in the hospital, I was laying in the bed and the doctor made some like chicken reference was it chicken before the egg and i turned to one of the producers and i'm like no more freaking chicken jokes literally just like that and uh and they start talking about the brain bleeding and that's when i just started breaking down i cried my eyes out just because I, I know brain bleeding is super serious um so I, I broke down right there and then um but you know thank god that everything is okay and uh, here I am at the University of Miami getting my MBA. Yeah, no, congrats. We're going to get to that in a, in a little bit. Um, let's let's move on to Park City, where you were on the lumberjack date, right? Yes, I was there. <laughs> was that <laughs> physically? I mean that that date it, it didn't seem like something that you would be into. Can you tell us something about that date during the actual lumberjack portion that wasn't shown or? Uh, I mean, like, or what so, wasn't misconstrued? Any something that would have been like, oh wow, because like, it was a little harder than we thought, or whatever the case. Uh, I honestly, I didn't participate in anything that date uh, by the doctor's orders. I wasn't allowed to participate in anything um, just because of the whole brain situation. So I, I didn't. Sw- I wasn't swinging any axes. Uh, I wasn't a major part of it. Um, but when I, I believe it was John and Blake when they were climbing that uh that pole that was tough i mean i I saw them they were both out of breath when they got to the bottom of it that was not easy Uh, um i I would have loved to do something like that i I mean they both killed it but very difficult very strenuous and then afterwards they had to do like this log roll in water and like balance themselves i mean it took like 15 20 tries for them to be able to even like balance for a second so you know kudos to lumberjacks who do that on a daily basis not easy at all yikes (laughs) (laughs) exactly yikes. when i watched that i was like yeah that's this is a little bit tougher obviously throwing an axe isn't super tough of and and like but cutting through a log isn't easy either i mean yeah like that's what i was thinking i'm I'm like sitting there watching these guys like cut through a log on like the first try i'm like oh my 
God, you just swung an axe and you're cutting an axe. Like, I've never cut a, honestly, never yeah. cut a log before, never cut wood before. Uh, you know, grew up in the suburbs in South Jersey, just outside Philadelphia, never cut a log before. So, um, kind of happy I didn't have to participate in that one, but, uh, yeah. yeah. Kudos to the people that uh, cut the log in the first try. Well, that late, was impressive. Later on that night was, you know, the group date cocktail party, and that's yes. where the John Blanc stuff happened. Yeah, so what, what was your take on him and that exit? Like when Becca told you guys what happened, was it worse when you watched it back and you realized, oh, wow, it, she didn't describe it as well as what we just saw of it go down. Like what was your – what was your take on it when she told you guys what he did yeah. versus when you saw it? So what we had heard was that, you know, he told her he loved her. She said she didn't have those feelings, didn't see herself developing those feelings uh, to which we were all like, that's pretty bad. You know, that's got to be pretty bad for that to uh, to happen. Um, and then. And the whole, you know, what we said was bad was when, uh, uh, you know, he took the words back when she was walking him out. Uh, he took the words back and said he didn't really mean it. So that's what we heard. Watching it back, it was like 25, 30 times worse. It was awful. I mean, <laughs> the guy was, what, what a dick. Um, like, I mean, how could you possibly, you know, say that to a person just to keep yourself in the game, call it a game, yeah. keep yourself in it um, and like not actually mean it? Like, you love her one second and then you don't love her the second later. And then you subsequently ask for a gift back. I mean, yeah. come on, man. So like, yeah, watching it back. I mean, uh, what a tool, but, um, yeah, it, it, it was, it, it was that like that night seeing how upset she was, was, you know, obviously jarring. Um, and we all were feeling that. Because we wanted to have a fun night that night. Uh, we wanted it to be a good night. We wanted to have a great night. And, you know, she left on a shitty note. Um, she was crying. She was hysterical. And we could see that. We could see she was visibly upset. And we knew something big had happened. We just didn't know, really know the severity until, uh, until watching it back. And it was as bad as we thought, if not you know, exponentially worse. So, What was your take on John Blanc leading up to that? Like in the house, in the week that you had been there by that point maybe it was 10 days did you ever get any sort yeah. of vibe that this guy was just kind of off a little bit or was he was yeah he definitely yeah i got that vibe that he was a little bit off just a little bit off taking it like a little too seriously taking like uh he would just like you know give these like little one-liners about how love and just like crazy stuff like that you would only hear out of a book pretty much um so you know kind of he, he, I, I got the vibe that he was really trying to like the system a little bit. Um, and I don't know, just not the kind of guy that I'd be friends with. So, I mean, I, I, I didn't really get along with the dude. Well, speaking of that, that brings us to Jordan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was such a, I mean, it, for, for five episodes, it was David versus Jordan, Jordan yeah. versus David. When did it really start? between you two and was there a reason like why were you constantly talking to becca about him like did he really bother you that much no so like you know the whole the obviously kind of from a um 
from a you know from a you know the standpoint of is that all you talk to her about no obviously we had a great conversation we you know talked about other things and um you know we uh there was kind of a few th- a few times that obviously I did talk to back about Jordan um but you know one of the things and one of the weird dynamics of the whole situation is that you have no idea what is being said to her behind the scenes um uh, you have no idea what other guys are talking to her about you have no idea what her relationship is with other guys and she has no idea about your relationship with other guys in the house and how other guys are acting um so you know kind of in an effort to be fully transparent and you know i told her i'm i'm gonna be open and honest with you and um i'm gonna be fully transparent uh, and kind of in that vein and in that effort was to you know, let, when she asked me, so tell me about some other guys in the house, you know, tell me about how they are. Uh, I wasn't going to lie. I wasn't going to sit there and say like, oh, yeah, there's you know, a guy in the house that people aren't really getting along with. I wasn't going to lie about that. So that's kind of how that came about. Um, and, you know, to be completely honest, did I, you know, hate the guy? No, I didn't hate the guy. Um, but, you know, he was definitely, you know, as far as being in the house, uh, we didn't get along and, you know, you don't expect to get along with 27 other guys when you're all tossed into a house um you know you're you're gonna clash you're gonna butt heads um and looking back on it obviously wish i had um you know treated the situation a little bit differently but eh, that's hindsight uh you know hindsight's always 2020 and you can see where at the time i mean the audience was was put off by him but i was getting a lot of feedback that were like, yeah, Jordan is annoying, but David seems to be instigating everything. Like, could you see where, when you watched it back, people were kind of turning on you a little bit? Oh, 100%. Yeah. I uh, could definitely see, like, that kind of instigating mentality, uh, um, you know, that instigating vibe. And, you know, that's really not how I wanted it to be. And that's, you know, truthfully not really how it was. But, um, you know, again, uh, I wish I had focused more on my relationship with Becca and focused more on kind of the task at hand and the situation at hand rather than uh, my beef with Jordan. But, you know, I felt like, uh, I felt like that's kind of what it was. And, you know, looking back on it, you always have regret or, you know, wish you would change things. So, um, yeah, lucky, lucky for me, we had paradise and, uh, you know, we smoothed things out in paradise. When you left park city, or maybe I guess when it was, in Vegas and it was announced that there was going to be a two on one that week. Were you pretty much under the assumption that, yeah, Jordan and I are going to be on this before they announced who had the one on one and who the group date people were. Yeah. So you actually don't find out. Um, so we actually didn't find out until the day and a half before. So I'm trying to think how it went. So it went Colton got the one on one. Yeah. And so that left, a bunch of people in Vegas that had no idea what the next couple of dates were going to be. Um, and then they announced the group date. And when Jordan and I were left off at the group date, then we're like, all right, we're going to be on the two on one. And, you know, look, uh, neither of us are idiots. We knew how things were going. We knew what the storylines were. We knew how it was unfolding. Um, neither of us were naive to the fact uh, that that was going to happen. So, yeah. We, we knew that that was probably how things were going to play out. And, uh, yeah, we, we, we pretty much knew. So uh, we weren't shocked. 
And um, yeah, that. So we actually found out the day and a half before. So they found out about the Wayne Newton date that night, uh, and then we had the whole next day to kind of just hang out and relax. And then the following after that was when we went on to the date. So was that two on one as awkward for you to be in as it was for us to watch? Because hundred percent. I'm guessing a lot of it was obviously a lot of it is edited. You guys spend a whole day together and we get a, maybe a 15 segment, a 15 minute segment on TV, but you know, going and talking to her and again, telling her about what Jordan said, he said he never said it. What happened? I'm still confused on what happened on that day. (laughs) I'm still confused too. Uh, Was I, was I actually left in the desert? Am I in Miami right now? Am I still in the desert? Uh, No, yeah, it's just a super awkward situation. Like, when am I ever going to, first of all, when am I ever going to go on a date with six other guys, let alone another guy? Uh, So, you know, going on like a a date with another guy, another girl, um, just an awkward situation all around. You know, how are you going to handle it? What are you going to do? You know, hindsight's always 2020. I've said that before, but, um, you know, looking back on it, you know, wish I had spent my time talking about, uh, you know, whether it be my past or my relationship with Becca rather than another guy. Um, You know, that's not really how it unfolded. And, um, yeah, so, you know, you, uh, yeah, it, it, it was an awkward situation. Super awkward. Didn't really know how to handle it. Handled it the wrong way. You make mistakes. You learn from the mistakes. No doubt about it. Yeah, I mean, this guy on a, I mean, we've seen two on ones and they always, we know, put two on ones with people that don't get along in the house. So obviously they were going to put you guys on it. But I mean, it got contentious to the point where he's, I mean, he's, he was literally yelling at you in the desert. And, yeah. And, and he was really upset was, with you, with what you did. And, yeah, when he was yelling at me and like screaming at me. At that point, I was just like kind of – like even before then, I was just over the whole thing. I was over the whole battling with Jordan thing. and I mean like it was just kind of all ridiculous in my in my opinion. But, yeah. um, you know, I fully understand why he was mad, fully get it, and he had all the right to be mad. But I wasn't going to sit there and yell back and just, you know, because I wasn't mad. And I had uh, – at that point, I had really had nothing to say. So, um so did yeah, you think that was, she was going to keep you and eliminate him at that point? No, no. At that point, I knew I was. I knew I was gone at that point. Oh, really? um, okay. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you, you have a premonition. You have a feeling of how things are going to go. Um, yeah, and you know, even going into that, I knew I had packed my bags fully. I all my stuff together. I knew I was just about toast. Um, and you know, to be completely honest, you know, I was comfortable with it. At that point, Becca and I really hadn't formed uh, a connection that was super strong. Um, and I was trying, uh, which we had, but it just wasn't there. And it's not the kind of thing that you can force. And I think she kind of got those feelings as well. Uh, um, so I kind of knew that I was probably heading out that day and, um, I was comfortable with it. How long after you were eliminated, did you find out that she had actually eliminated Jordan later on that night? Did you know? Um, yeah, I found out a little bit later that night. Um, oh, okay. And yeah, I'd, I had found out a little bit later that night, and um, did yeah, that did it make uh, you happy? No, I, I no. Look, it didn't. It didn't necessarily make me happy. Um, it's funny that you asked that because everyone's like, "Oh my god, were you happy? Like that Jordan got eliminated?" Like, no, I wasn't happy that Jordan got eliminated. Like, I was hoping that he was able to kind of 
you know, recover from everything that I'd said and, you know, form a relationship with her, but that wasn't the case. And, uh, you know, you, you kind of move on from there. Well, that was obviously the end of your journey. But when, when you left that thing, when you left in Las Vegas, which was episode five, in your mind, who did you think was winning? So, uh, as far as, you know, being, getting engaged to Becky, you mean? Yeah. Who did you think she was going to end up picking in the yeah, end? Based on I, what I, you I, had gathered up to that point and hanging Yeah. I knew it was Blake or Garrett. Um, you know, I had gotten the feeling that it was Blake or Garrett the entire time, uh, even from being in the house. Okay. Uh, I knew, I, I knew Blake really, really, really was interested in her. Uh, I knew Garrett had formed a huge connection with her and it seemed like they're surviving. Um, so yeah. I had gotten the feeling very early on that it was going to be Blake or Garrett. Gotcha. Well, let's move on to paradise because that ended up being another <laughs> just shit, shit show. What a time. Yeah. What a time. What so a time. you knew Jordan was going to, you knew, you know, you knew Jordan was going to be there and they were going to play up that angle. So what were your, yeah. what were your expectations going in? Were you planning on like, look, I want to bury the hatchet. I don't want this to be David versus Jordan again. Or I, what, what were your expectations going into this? Because it was basically a continuation of what happened on Becca's season. Yeah. So, you know, going into paradise, um, everyone talks about, oh, my God, what girls are you interested in? You know, what ladies would you love to go on a date with on and on? Yeah. And my whole thing was I didn't have a list of people that I wanted to see. Uh, I was very open, very, uh, very open to dating around and getting to know a bunch of different people and really excited about it, really excited about the opportunities and, you know, kind of put the whole Jordan thing behind me and really didn't want it to be a continuation. Uh, you know, with that said, I have absolutely no problem stirring the pot when need be. Uh, I, that I have no problem with that. Um, I am a jokester. I don't take myself too seriously. I like having fun. And, you know, that's really what I expected uh, in paradise. I just really wanted to have a fun time or really wanted to have a good time. Knew there would definitely be some drama. Um, and you know, was looking forward to getting to Mexico and having a great time. And honestly, that's what it was. It really was a good time. We had some fun down there and we really all got along, had a good time, made friends. I didn't walk away with the relationship, but had a great time. Well, what's funny is because we were watching it and, you know, we saw everything that happened and we see you and Chelsea giving roses to each other early, yet we yep. we never saw any interaction between you two. We didn't know, know. why you guys were giving roses to we each other. Heard, did, right? had you Had you hooked up with it? Did you guys make out at some point or, yeah. or was it just a buddy thing? No, we, no, we we uh we had something good going for uh for a little bit there, and you know it's just not something that was shown. But yeah, you know, um, we definitely were very, very interested in each other off the get go. And you know, first rose ceremony, she gave me a rose to express her interest, and then uh, things kind of went well from there through the second rose ceremony, and then uh, leading up to the third rose ceremony, that's kind of when we established that. Hey, uh, let's just be friends. Uh, we gave it a shot. Not necessarily sure we see anything here, but you know, let's be friends. I said to her, "You'll always have a shoulder to lean on as a friend." I uh, hope that I always have a shoulder to lean on in you as a friend. Um, and uh, you know, that's kind of how we left things off. Go a few, a couple days leading into the uh, third row ceremony. 
So, yeah, that was where it was just confusing to us as the viewer because we see Jordan initially have an attraction towards Annalise, and then right after he leaves her, here comes David stirring the pot again of, hey, why are you hanging out with this guy? Or whatever it was that you said. I don't remember. But it yeah, was, yeah, it yeah. was again, it was basically cock-blocking Jordan. Uh, to Annalise, we're like, wait, is David interested in Annalise? And then at the rose ceremony, you know, you're getting a rose from Chelsea. It's just none of it's making sense. It's just it right. the, the choppy editing is weird. all over the map. But, sure. again, so why – I mean, I, I don't know if you can even answer, but why were you right after Jordan talks to Annalise, was it you again to go, hey, you know, be careful of this guy? Because the other thing people got to remember, I, you know, the, the diehards of the show understand this, but the average fan has no clue. When you guys left to go film in Mexico – only one episode of your season had aired. So Annalise wouldn't have known what the Jordan David, I guess, characters were about from Becca's season because it was airing while you guys were filming. And so nobody knew Jordan of the, you know, the way he spoke and the things that he said and the being a, his professionality and all this stuff. No, yeah. everyone, out in, everyone out in paradise had no clue outside of the guys. You know, right, you all exactly. knew, but none of the girls knew. So, with that said, you still went in and warned Annalise about him. So, again, why do it? Yeah, uh, <laughs> just kind of again one of those things you look back on. It's like, why the hell did I do that? Uh, you know, sometimes you have an answer for things, other times you don't. It's just one of those things that I'm like. I always look back on it and feel like, oh god, that's so cringeworthy. Come on, David, just be better than that. Be better than that. Yeah, uh, yeah brutal, brutal, <laughs> brutal for me to watch. Brutal for the audience to watch. And it and it didn't stop there because <laughs> <laughs> the birthday cake yeah, dog. We, we, so the birthday cake was funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh god, the birthday cake was funny. Uh, so. I had I had experience with um, the whole birthday situation because actually on the two on one on Becca's season it was actually my birthday that day oh, and it was, it, was oh, okay. it was it was actually Becca's birthday too we shared the same birthday um, oh. so with that said um, it was Jenna's birthday when I brought her the birthday cake and I lead off the whole thing I'm like I've got experience with it being birthday my birthday on the show I get it no one is making a huge deal of it. Like, let me make a big deal of it. And it was a huge spectacle. It was pretty funny. The whole birthday cake was just super funny. I was just sitting there laughing the majority of the time. But, yeah, we got out fun with the whole thing. And then the whole dog thing was, uh, you know, kind of jumped the shark with that one. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it was just so over the top that it was just so ridiculous. Yeah. And it was just like, where are you honestly, like, where are you going to get a dog in, in the middle of Mexico on the beach? Like, it doesn't just appear out of nowhere. So it was yeah. funny, though, and uh, I had a good time with it and happy to go along with it. Yeah, I was going to say, it was one of these things where it was clear what you were, what your role on that show was <laughs> because it was right after Jordan would leave her and say, either to the camera or to her, <laughs> we're great, things are great between us, and then here comes David with a piece of cake. And here comes David with a, with a life-size stuffed animal. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like... Holy sh! Like enough already with this. Yeah, exactly. And that, and that's and that's exactly kind of how I felt about it too. It's like enough already. Like enough is enough. 
Um, but you understand how things have to go and how things are going. And, uh, you know, that was kind of one of those things where I was good with it. Um, I knew it was nothing malicious. Uh, it was funny. And I think, you know, Jordan recognized that it was funny. Uh, he just took things a little too far. And we had, you know, we kind of talked about it at the, uh, paradise reunion that, you know, look, we chalked it up on the beach. We both apologized to each other and, you know, hugged it out there. And, you know, we were friends from there. Even before then, we were friends, so it was all good from that point on. We really got along in paradise and uh, really got to see another side of Jordan. Got to see uh, his fun, you know, loving, kind of um, unapologetic self and, uh, you know, good dude. Really like Jordan. Yeah, and he, you know, obviously sometimes you just can't tell. Like, I, I, didn't, I couldn't tell at the time. Now, like I said, having spoken to him and kind of seeing the way he is, I, like – looking back on it, there's no way he was that pissed off about the bear enough to throw it into the ocean. (laughs) I I think he just was, you know, kind of just going along, but obviously there's obviously stuff that has happened post-show with me and the Jenna situation and Jordan. I don't, I don't want to get into any of that stuff with you because it's, you know, it is what it is. But my question to you about Mexico was, did you have a legitimate interest in, in Chelsea once the I mean not Chelsea in Jenna once the Chelsea thing fizzled is she someone that you were were seriously considering at that time or you at that point just kind of playing a role yeah so I mean so I didn't really know Jenna so she went she came in and uh talked with everyone for a hot second and obviously she's pretty attractive. Uh, Jenna's an attractive female. Yeah. Um, and I, again, I didn't really get a chance to chat with her too much. So, you know, obviously uh, interested, you know, she was cute and really wanted to get to know her a little bit more. And, you know, up until even when I was giving her the birthday cake, that was really the first time I actually like gotten to make an impression or like chat with her. Um, so, you know, from a, was I interested standpoint? Like, Sure, I was attracted to her. She's, you know, cute. Um, but you know, kind of after that, we didn't really, uh, uh, we didn't really interact, and, and you know, we were friends from there. And then when I gave her the uh, stuffed animal, that was out of friendship. You know, that was pure friendship. Um, you know, every every uh, every girl deserves a, a birthday present on their birthday. Yeah. So I can't remember. Uh, did you? That's how that went. Did you make out with her at some point or no? No, we did not. Okay, so you never, you never did no. anything visibly with her. We, okay. yeah, we, we, we knew that uh, we were friends, and um, after we had kind of talked a couple times, we knew that there wasn't really anything there. Um, so we were just friends from there. But yeah, the, the only person that I uh, that I had made out with in uh, that I kissed in paradise was Chelsea, and I, you know, I wasn't really comfortable with kissing anyone else. That's just really not my dating philosophy to. Uh, you know, be kissing a bunch of people and making out with a bunch of people um, when you're interested in you know a certain person. So um, that's kind of how I treated Paradise. Um, didn't really date around. Um, really, you know, focused on my relationship with Chelsea and uh, happy for that. You know, we had something good going for a second there. What was your thoughts on the Colton and Tia situation when you were watching it back and what happened? down in Mexico because obviously you knew from Colton what had happened pre-show and then they get down to Mexico and he doesn't want her and then he wants her and then he doesn't want her like what is your whole what was your whole take on him just in general and then him and Tia yeah I I felt bad for Colton he went through the ringer the first couple days he was in Mexico 
uh, went through the absolute ringer. And I, I remember there was a scene where, uh, you know, Becca arrives and he breaks down, goes into the room, is crying. And I go up to consult him to console him. And that's exactly how it was. Um, you know, that's exactly what happened. He was, you know, he broke down and as a friend, I went out there to you know chat with him and, uh, you know, be a good friend for him. And, you know, even after that, like once he got the closure from Becca, he was able to then kind of move on to Tia. And then he spent a couple of days like figuring out, Hey, is Tia the right person for me? Should we give this a shot? And it was just like this whole back and forth. And then finally, when they established themselves as a couple uh, themselves as couple um all of us kind of gave like a sigh of relief like all right finally like they are giving this a shot to see if it works if it works great awesome for them super happy if it doesn't work at least they tried um at least they gave it a shot at least they tried and that's kind of how we all saw that and i was i i was pumped him. I was pumped that he was, you know, ready to move on from Becca, ready to uh, get put himself back out there, and ready to give Tia a, uh, you know, a true shot. And I, I think Tia felt the same way. I think Tia was, you know, really excited to, you know, give it a give it a shot with nothing in the peripheral, nothing nothing in the background. Um, so, you know, that's kind of it was it was in the back of our minds. We were ready, kind of, for the whole thing to, uh, you know, for them to start dating. It was good. Well, that's the thing is like. We saw them, they gave it a shot, and then all of a sudden, you know, three or four days later, whatever the case may be, that shot just ended, and he changed his mind again. Do, do, do you know why he changed his mind again? I mean, obviously there's theories floating around out there as to why he did. Uh, yeah, so he, knew, I- he knew a possible Bachelor run was in his future if he's a single man. I don't know if that's why he chose it, but... Yeah, I know he made the decision to, hey, we tried and it didn't work, but it didn't seem like what they were doing didn't work. It just seems like out of the blue he made this decision, oh, I don't want to be with him. I don't I a lot yeah, of people so, don't get it. Yeah, I, I don't think it had anything to do with the bachelor or that being in the back of his brain or any producer influence. I don't think any that had to do with any of it. Um I think for him it was he just needed and, and at that point it, it had been a you know, it had been a and where they'd given it a chance. And I, I think that he just realized that ultimately she wasn't the right person for him. She wasn't uh, as compatible as he thought they might be. And, you know, vice versa. I think she felt very similarly as well um, after they had spent a significant amount of time together. Keep in mind, like, we're spending 24-7 together with each other. You know, we had a bunch of conversations there where we're like, all right, so we know that this is a very, very accelerated process. But keep in mind, we're spending all day, all night with each other, literally, you know, 22-7. We're we're with each other all hours, all day. And um, so while it's an accelerated process, we're still getting the hours in where in a normal dating environment, you would be getting those hours in as well. And I think they gave it a shot. They really gave it a true shot like you would in the normal dating world. And they just got to the point where, hey, we're not uh, we're not meant for each other. You're not my person. I'm not your person. Let's go our separate ways. You know, this is going to be sad. No doubt about it. We wished it would work, uh, but it didn't. 
Yeah. And I, 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 you know, I, I feel strongly about that because when I was there, um, you know, they they seemed very happy, but you could tell something was just missing a little bit. And um, hmm. you know, sure enough, a couple of days, you know, a couple of days after I had left was when they broke up. So um, I wasn't overly shocked just because you could see that little thing missing. Um, it's just a feeling that you have. You know, it's hard to describe. So when the end of Paradise is actually airing, so we're talking end of August and Bachelor Talk was coming up, and, I mean, maybe you were hearing rumblings, maybe you weren't, but when the announcement was finally made that it was going to be Colton over Blake and Jason, what were your thoughts? Were so you, I, did I, you think yeah. that Blake or Jason would get it? I, I truthfully, I thought it was going to be Blake. Okay. Um, you know, I, I did think it was going to be Blake. Um, I thought Blake did uh, a really good job of, you know, um, opening his heart up to be, uh, you know, to be fully transparent. He, I mean, he gave his heart to Becca uh, and, you know, he was in love and he is the kind of person, super genuine guy. And I, I did, I thought it was going to be Blake. I thought he would be a great bachelor. Uh, not to say Colton is not going to be a great bachelor. I think Colton is going to do a phenomenal job as well, and hopefully he finds his person. Um, <clears throat> but I thought it was going to be Blake, and so that's kind of where I stood on that. But super pumped for Colton and really excited to see his season too. Yeah, it'll be uh, – it's it's going to be interesting to say the least. We'll see. <laughs> it'll how. be dramatic. Yeah, uh, for sure. It's going to be <laughs> – it's going to be dramatic. Uh, we've already got girls on his season already – screwing up by getting on snapchat and sending things out that they shouldn't have that have already been eliminated and it's just yeah this is already going to be a shit show basically um i think even i think even uh someone i think who was it oh it was dean dean from uh from rachel season did an interview already and said he doesn't seem to be a pro colton as the bachelor and has already said it's going to be a train wreck or whatever it was so i mean you know look we, we, the show has been on third. It'll be the thirty seventh season. There's, you know, Colton is bachelor number twenty three. There have been fourteen bachelorettes. We know what to expect when we get this show. Um, they could put anybody in that lead role. It's more about the actual cast. It's more about the girls on the Bachelor, and it's more about the men on the Bachelorette because the lead. When you think about it, when people talk about this show on Tuesday morning with their friends. For the most part, they're talking about, oh, my God, did you see that guy who fell off the bed? Oh, my God, did you see <laughs> Did you see the two-on-one where they were yelling at each other? Did you see so-and-so? They don't, they're never talking about what the lead did the night before. They're always right. talking about the cast. Like, that's what makes the show. So it's just, you know, people, obviously, Colton drew a very strong, it was a very polarizing choice as the lead because yep. some people were Team Blake. Some people were Team Jason. Some people were Team anybody but Colton. Um, it's, you know, I mean, people have their opinions. And that's why. That's also why the show is successful because exactly. everyone's got their fan base. And Every, and everyone has their opinions. And, yeah. uh, you know, Blake Blake's a good friend of mine. Jason's a good friend. And, you know, Colton is a very good friend. And uh, I think either of any of them would have been great picks. And uh, I think ultimately – you know, Colton is going to do a great job, and uh, you know, I really hope that he, you know, falls in love and you know, find that person. I'm yeah. pumped for him. I'm really excited to see how it all unfolds. So, you mentioned earlier in the podcast about what you're doing now. You're actually going for your MBA at the University of Miami. Tell us how that all came about. MBA and yeah. what? 
Yeah, so uh, I'm actually I'm sitting right here on campus, uh, beautiful Miami. It's 80 degrees outside. It's nice. I'm looking at palm trees. It's nice here. Um, so going on to the show, uh, prior to the show, I was doing VC work. Uh, um, I've been in the financial sector for the past six, seven years. I uh, graduated from the University of Georgia. Go dogs! Yeah. And um, so going on to the show, I had known that I wanted to go pursue my MBA uh, in order to get to the C-level suite. Knew I needed my MBA. Knew I needed that to kind of take that next step, uh, especially in corporate America. So um, prior to the bachelorette, I started, I was applying to different schools um, and I hadn't received any acceptance letters. And so I put my brother-in-law in charge of getting all the acceptance letters, vetting them, seeing what was what. I'd ranked the schools in order. And so, you know, when you're on the show, you don't have phone, you don't have your phone, you don't have internet, no computers. And so I was pretty in the dark about where I was going as soon as I got back from the bachelorette. Um, and once I did get back from the bachelorette, I finally found out uh, what schools I had been accepted to, where I and you know, where I was going. And uh, that happened to be the University of Miami. Um, my family lives down here. And, you know, really excited to be, you know, happy to be close to my family. And uh, Miami's a great school, uh, great place, great city. And, and I, I love it down here. It's a lot of fun. So what if by any chance, even though it's not going to happen this season, I don't think, I mean, Miami would have to run the table and Georgia. Yeah. What if Miami and Georgia played in the, uh, in the playoffs? <laughs> who, who, who do you uh, cheer for? I would guess I, the dogs. It's not it's not that far fetched. I mean, Miami's got a big game this week coming up against FSU, but I'm a I'm a dog at heart. Uh, yeah. you know, big Georgia fan. Last year was at the Rose Bowl, was at the SEC championship, was at the national championship. Uh, oh, you went I'm to the national championship. Heart. You were went there. Went to the huh? national championship. I was there. Wow. Uh, I'm actually in a couple weeks heading down to New Orleans to go to the Georgia LSU game. Um, mm. huge battle of two top 5 teams. And, uh, yeah, my, my heart lies with the dogs. Yeah, no, I was going to say that was uh, – I mean, the Rose Bowl game was one of the oh, best Rose Bowls ever. And then insane. the national championship, you're thinking, like, there's no way it can top it. And oh, <laughs> We had a hard trip down yeah. during half – we're sitting there at halftime. I'm there with a bunch of friends, and, uh, you know, we're, we're planning a tailgate for afterwards, figuring out what bars we're going to go to in Atlanta, and then Tua happens, and Nick Saban happens. <laughs> And yeah. uh, man, it was brutal, brutal night, but uh, memorable season, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Well, I, th- I think, I mean, you guys are for the, for 15 years, and it was one of those things with. And I have a friend who went to the University of Georgia that I always gave her shit for was the fact that, <laughs> you know, Rick was good enough to get you nine to ten wins every season, but was never going to do anything more than that. And yeah. Kirby comes in and, and has done what he's done, and you can just tell because he came from the Saban mold, you can tell he's building Alabama 2.0 at Georgia. And he is. I don't, think last, yeah, I don't think last season was just a fluke season. I think, nah. I think this is going to be a consistent team that is – top five every year and going to compete for one of the top four spots in the playoff every year now. I, I think it, it put it this way. If, if Kirby and Georgia were in another conference, it would be a guarantee that almost every season you would expect to be see Georgia there along with Alabama. But because yeah. they're in the same conference, it's, it's going to be, it's, it's going to be weird because there's a good chance 
these two are going to play in the SEC championship every year, and one of them is going to end up losing and having to make it into the playoff as a one-loss team, if not two losses. You just don't know. Right. But, but yeah, it's going to be interesting. It- it's cool. And, you know, when, when Rick was um, at Georgia, it was we'd always walk into a big game thinking, oh, we're not going to win this game. He could just never get us over that hump. Yeah. You know, there was Clemson when Gurley was there, whether it was LSU in the SEC championship, whether it was Alabama in the SEC championship when Conley caught that ball at the two yard line got tackled and time ran out yeah. it was always he could never get us over that hump and now anytime we go into a big game with kirby smart it's not even a question of if we're going to be able to compete it's a uh, all right we're going to win this game uh notre dame last year um you know the, the sec championship against auburn the one letdown was you know um was last year against uh what did we auburn last year so yeah. that was the letdown uh we won't we beat them in the sec championship in that you know rematch uh swift, swift had a 75 yard run but um you know kirby smart's building a program you know consistently in the top five for recruiting next year we have one of the top recruiting classes we just lost Jaden hasselwood um five star but yeah i mean we're we're gonna constantly be there um you know he's building that same diehard mentality with the coaching staff with the with the fans and especially with the players you know people are the players are buying into the program and it's great i mean kirby is he's building something special at georgia and you know hopefully he's here for the long haul as especially as an alumnus and as a letterman there so um we love it we love kirby and uh you know love what's going on there for sure i end all my podcasts with a final 10 where i ask 10 more a little more personal questions they're not show related a couple might be but uh little shorter (laughs) answers but just rip through these all right here we go question number one Obviously, you're a Georgia fan. We just talked about this. But growing up, who were your favorite sports teams and athletes growing up? So growing up, I'm originally from just outside Philadelphia, South Jersey. So Allen Iverson. uh, Eagles, Eagles, Flyers, Sixers, Phillies, Donovan McNabb, Terrell Owens, Allen Iverson. I mean, that was the heyday. Uh, Jim Tomey, Jimmy Rollins, Utley. uh, Those those guys guys. all were the backbone of my existence. Okay, so the Philly scene was was your, oh yeah your thing. Okay, exactly. Uh, question number two: What did you want to be when you were growing up? Not like oh, I want to be a fireman and an astronaut, but like when you kind of really thought about it and were at an age where you kind of understood what you wanted. Like, was there something you were striving to be when you wanted when you were growing up? Yeah, I, I knew I wanted to create something of my own. Uh, really, you know, really creative mind knew that I wanted to create a business that would further help people. Really, at an early age, uh, my family started uh, a successful uh, supermarket chain in the South Jersey area, yeah. um, and I knew I wanted to do something like that—not necessarily supermarkets, but knew I wanted to somehow help people and somehow contribute to society uh, in that way, and you know, progress in the business world. I knew I had a business mind very early on. Yeah, I think I remember when I was um, when I had found out that you were on the show and I'm doing research. That's right. You got you. It was the gro- It was like a grocery yeah. store. Like you, <laughs> yeah, you were grocery store David, sort of. <laughs> speaking of speaking of that, I'm not on Dancing with the Stars. Yeah. but uh, yes. <laughs> speaking of that, I don't know how long you got to know Joe on the show, but obviously you spent time with him on Paradise. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I am 
I am utterly amazed that a first night eliminatee has. I mean, good for props to him. For, he won. I mean, he won. He, he is. He he's he beating all of us. Like, yeah, he's winning. He's just winning. Unbelievable! Life. Like good nobody who's ever been eliminated the first night has gotten that much love, and I don't seriously know what it was based on back then. I mean, <laughs> after his after his paradise appearance, it's like okay, but. There was not like his, he didn't do anything on smile? night one that yeah I don't know other than yeah maybe a smile yeah, but yeah, super crazy yeah, yeah good for him I mean he won uh, he that's the best way of putting it yeah. the dude won he just, he just won the entire experience yeah uh, all right question number three what's the most romantic thing that you have done for a girlfriend um ooh so asking a girl to prom I. Put a bunch of roses in there in her locker and in a way that it was like one in a locker and a clue to another place. And there was like 10 different clues. And at the end of it, I was there and ready to ask her to prom. I don't know. That's okay. pretty romantic. Yeah. No, that's <laughs> so you did that. You went the scavenger hunt route. Where you're just yeah, going... something like that. Yeah, okay. scavenger hunt prom asking. Yeah, something like that. That's pretty romantic. All right. All right. Question number, question number four. I think I, I think you pretty much already answered this, but I wrote these out beforehand, so I'll just ask it. All anyway. good. All good. Um, if you could take back one thing from Bachelorette or Paradise, what would it be? Yeah, uh, I answered it. I mean, I uh, wish I'd focused more on my relationship with Becca, and uh, you know, wish I had uh, you know kept the drama in the uh, in the background and not pursued that as much. Yeah. No, I hear you. Uh, all right. Question number five. Kind of the more of a music question um what is in your itunes rotation right now like who do you listen to yes yeah, so um i i am pretty eclectic music taste uh everything from red hot chili peppers to uh jay-z to uh drake uh eclectic music okay. uh, all all across the board uh, um but yeah um yeah, I, I listen to a bunch of different music. Okay, question number six. What was your longest relationship, and who ended it, and why? So my longest relationship was almost two years. Um, I ended the relationship. Uh, ultimately, just you know, felt that uh, she wasn't the right life partner uh, for me. Um, and it was... Um, yeah, was it, was yeah, it recent, it or was this a college girlfriend, or how long? No, uh, this was kind of just after college, so this was a few years ago. Okay. Um, yeah, this was a few years ago, and yeah, I think you know, in the long run, you're always looking for someone who's compatible with you, someone that can match your energy level, someone who uh, you see yourself with, uh, you know, for the next forty, fifty, sixty, seventy years. And ultimately, she just wasn't that person, so um, kind of ended. All right, question number seven. We saw on Paradise that you brought Jenna a cake. Have you ever made a cake in your life? And if not, what is your favorite type of cake? I have made a cake before. Funfetti. I am all about the Funfetti. It's the wait, only kind of cake wait, that I like. what's Funfetti? What, what is this? You've never had Funfetti before? Wait, what is it? Is it a type of cake? Oh, my God. Yeah, it's like, like you know, the kind of like the rainbow sprinkles. Oh, like the okay. Gotcha. Funfetti. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. I just, oh. I, I guess I didn't know the name of it. <laughs> but now that you describe oh, love, it. Yeah, love okay. me some Funfetti. That's my go-to. Love Funfetti. Okay. Question it's number. Also, it's, it also takes like 10 seconds to make, so. Oh, all right. 
I've never made, I've never made a cake, so there you go. That's why. <laughs> all right, question number eight. We also saw that you gave Jenna a stuffed animal uh, on <laughs> on Paradise that looks like a stuffed animal you would win at a fair. So give us your favorite game to play when you go to the fair or the amusement park. So you get a bucket of rings and you throw the rings onto the bottle. I'm all about the ring toss game. Uh, the ring toss. Love the, love the ring toss game. It's such a scam, but I'm actually <laughs> decent at it. I, I've, I, I think that, I don't know, probably, I don't know, like what's a good percentage? Like 10% of the times that I've gone to the amusement park, I've actually won in that. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's pretty fun. It's a good challenging game. I love the ring toss game. Well, love the you, ring toss game. When you think about it, all the games of the fair are scary. You've got <laughs> you've got all, the basketball yeah. rim that's a half an inch bigger than the ball. You've got you've got the uh, what is it the goldfish in the little bowls and you have to throw oh, a ping pong ball. One. Oh, that's literally a good impossible one. to like, unless yep. you throw it straight in. There's oh, no oh, way it's bouncing. Or what in. about the uh, what about the hammer where you're, um, you're you're trying to make the light go all the way to the top? Oh yeah, that's a, that's another good one. <laughs> Yeah, no, the fair is, yeah, it's like one of those things when you're a kid, you're like, oh, wow, these are the greatest games. And as you get older and you develop cake. a brain, you're like, okay, this is, there's no way we're going to win it. Yeah, exactly. Love funnel cake, though. Cotton candy oh, yeah. and funnel cake. Love oh, yeah. cotton candy and funnel cake. All right, question number nine. Top three movies of all time. Ooh, top three movies. Um, old school. Yeah. It's got to be up there. Um uh, shake. And then, like, oof. Oh, what'd you say? Oh, Shawshank. Okay. Yeah. Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. Um, and then maybe, like, oh, this is a tough one. Do you go, like, you could go in the, like, Dark Knight direction, or you could go, there are just so many great movies out there. Uh, Crash is a good one. I don't I, I hate giving, like, a top three movies because it boils down to genre. Yeah. So I, I don't like being pigeonholed into, like, Oh yeah, he said these top three movies, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I love old school for the comedy realm. Uh, kind of typified the two thousands and was just, you know so funny. Yeah, uh, you know Billy Madison's another great comedy, but yeah, there there are a bunch of good movies. Shawshank's a classic, so um, you know those three or four great movies. Yep, I know. Big I could, movie buff though. <clears throat> yeah, love no, movies. I can, I I agree with those. So. I'll take Good it. on you. All right, question number 10 is uh, something I call explain your tweet where I go through your Twitter account. You're not much of a tweeter unless I'm looking at the wrong account. It's- no, you're looking at the right one. I don't tweet much. Okay, but I did find one, and it was from August 14th because you it was a reply to Ashley Spivey, who is a um, you know my co-host on the He Said, She Said podcast, but she had, sure. she had mentioned something about is why is David the way that he is or something like that? Why she was watching paradise, obviously. And you wrote back, some people are meant for TV. Others are not. I fall into the ladder. Unfortunately, um, I should have said I fall onto the floor, Yeah, but I fall off of the ladder. I'm... Unfortunately, or maybe something yeah. like that. Um, so that tweet, I mean, like I said, you're not much of a tweeter at all. Um, You've really never tweeted anything. I couldn't find much. Although you, (laughs) I I don't tweet much. Yeah. Um, But when I was looking at that tweet, I was like, "Was it something to where, like you said, you weren't a huge? uh, I mean, you had heard about the show or whatever. But once you were on it and you were in it, did you realize 
Or did you say to yourself, oh, shit, this is something that I I guess I never – this wasn't what I expected. Or were you like, oh, okay, this is this is how it goes? Like, yeah, a bit of both. Uh, definitely okay. a bit of both. It's just kind of one of those things that – I, I definitely had trouble getting comfortable in front of the cameras, getting getting comfortable in that environment. Um, you know, it's just I'm used to grinding away behind my computer uh, or taking business meetings. Um, yeah. You know, not used to being in front of cameras all 24-7. So it was just one of those things where um, I definitely had trouble getting comfortable being myself. Um, you know trouble just you know getting used to it it's a different environment different uh you know one of those things where you're you have no idea what to expect or how it's going to go you know before you get there and uh, i never watched before you know watched a little bit before i got there and so kind of had an understanding of what it was all about but i had no idea so uh an eye-opening experience and uh thankful for doing it i mean what an experience what a great lifelong journey and what a great lifelong learning experience that i'll always appreciate yeah no i mean for sure it seems like that's what it boils down to especially nowadays where Obviously, intentions on going on the show and ulterior motives are always questioned by, by basically everybody. It's turned into, oh. hey, I'm going on for fun. I'm probably not going to meet the love of my life, but it's certainly going to be an experience I can tell my kids about. I'm going to meet for people that are going to probably be lifelong friends or at least friends for the next five or ten years. You know, who knows if it's going to stay together as friends with everybody. But, um, right. you know. That seems to be what it's turned into, and I, and I and, see that it worked like, for you. you know, yeah, I mean, look, and I, I did go into it with the uh, open mind, uh, thinking, hey, there is a chance where I could like her, uh, I could like Becca, and you know, could ultimately fall in love with her. Uh, very open to that. Very would be fine with that. Would be very happy if that happened. I'm, that's why I'm going on to the show, but. You know, ultimately, my brain works in a way where uh, there is a single digit percentage chance that that happens. Um, one of 28 guys, and uh, it's very likely those the other 28 guys are going to be very similar to myself. Uh, they're going to be good dudes who, uh, you know, she has a connection with. So uh, you understand the reality of the situation and you get it. And that's kind of where my brain operates. Uh, but I was very open to it. And, uh, you know, I was pumped. Uh, I, w- I would have been pumped if uh, things had gone in a different direction. Yeah. No, I, I hear you. Um, I yeah. appreciate you coming on, David. I For you sure. completed the, uh, the final 10. You've completed this podcast. Again, uh, I think people are really going to enjoy this. Thanks for, for taking the time and explaining a lot of things that maybe people didn't fully quite grasp in terms of what happened with you and your situation, whether it be your relationship with Jordan or falling off the bed. Um, I appreciate you clarifying that for, for everybody. And uh, again, thanks a lot for coming on. I really appreciate it. No problem, Steve. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. And uh, always, always down to answer questions whenever you have them. You got it, man. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. All and right, uh, we'll be in touch. Yeah. Sounds good, Steve. Take L- care later. Bye. Thank you very much to David for that. Appreciate him coming on and, talking about his time on Becca's season and then on Paradise, everything that happened with Jordan. Uh, just just listening to him talk, it really puts into perspective exactly what he was going through and you can kind of hear that he, I think he had a little bit of an issue with Jordan but not nearly as much as he played it up to be and it sounded like he was pretty much told to kind of play it up. But anyway, thanks again uh, to David for that don't forget this podcast brought to you by Beholden. 
Hey, brides and wedding guests, looking for an outfit that dazzles? Beholden offers a gorgeous collection of wedding gowns and dresses for special occasions. Shop from the comfort of your couch, and your purchase will arrive at your doorstep in a matter of days. For a limited time only, use code LOVE at checkout for free shipping on your purchase at bhldn.com. That's bhldn.com. Don't forget, Nell Coulter's Floribama Shore recaps are now over. Uh, this past Tuesday was her last one, but her Are You the One Season 7 recaps are up every Thursday. Look out for those every Thursday as I posted one earlier this morning. Also, please rate, subscribe, and review an Apple podcast. That would be much appreciated, as well as the He Said, She Said podcast. Episode 7 was released this past Tuesday. I hope you liked that one. We had two interesting calls. I talked about uh, the time at uh, Taylor Swift this last weekend, which was a lot of fun. And it probably would have been more fun for you if you were sitting right in front of me because I was singing the whole night and probably yelling. And uh, yeah. Anyway, there's a couple of tweets out there if you want to check those out of me and my screaming. Also, if you want to be part of the He Said, She Said podcast, please just uh, get a Skype screen name. Let me know what time zone you live in and what times are best for you to record. And myself and Ashley will work around a time to, to get that done. But that'll do it for podcast number 99 next week, number 100. Nothing huge planned, just going to be another guest. But uh, I think, um, well, I don't want to jinx anything yet. But it'll be an interesting guest, someone uh, from a few years back. But uh, certainly was an interesting and has uh, an interesting guest and and has a story, assuming that we can get this locked in. Anyway, thank you all for tuning in to podcast number 99. I really appreciate it. Thank you to David, and we will talk to you next week. See you.